welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theo and Danau. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there's an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is, you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep blocktalk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at likeablocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Survivor is back and eerily similar to Survivor 41. Thankfully, we're not going to get too many rebrand moments from Jeff and no fourth wall breaking. So how did this new subtitle list season start? Let's discuss. Joining me to talk things, all Survivor 42 is the man, the myth, the legend, Andrew Orsi. What up? It's been a while. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a second. What's been going on? How have you been? I don't know. The world has been going on and I've been. <laughs> yeah. Um, world War Three is among us. I mean, you know, that's um, feels maybe new, not quite there, but you're going to have a new roommate. I mean, if I find one, someone has to respond first. That's hard. <laughs> um, you can always um, buy one. Um. Somehow I feel like that's not the route I want to go. Um, it's not, but you could do it. Oh, boy. <laughs> or you could just get your own place to yourself and make it a bachelorette pad. I mean, I've been looking around. It's just a matter of, like, I don't want to pay more money for less space, <laughs> which that's, is what I will end up fair. doing. That's fair. But it's you get to live by yourself. I know. I know. But and then I can, also have to move. But then you can build fires in your living room and your roommate will not get mad at you. Except I probably won't have a living room because I can only afford studios. So, okay, so you build it in your bed. It's fine. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's perfectly safe and great. Good idea. <sighs> All right. Survivor 42. We're here. Um, yep. Initial thoughts. I have some. I asked the audience uh, and I only got one response from Miss Felicia, who I'm sure will be on the podcast at some point this season. Uh, Miss Felicia's thoughts. Great premiere. It seems like a really fun, unique cast. I hope production learned what worked and didn't from last season. Same. I echo that. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I enjoyed the premiere. I think the cast has a ton of potential. Yeah. I have some optimism that production learned a little bit because the editing approach to this one was very different than the premiere of 41. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, There was, like I said, less fourth wall breaking. Just once at the beginning. That's all we got. (laughs) Uh, There's no game within a game for the kids. Um, There is just a game. I literally already forgot about the game within a game. That's how much I wanted to forget it. Um, the cast is great. I think there are some amazing people, some yeah. Emmy bait worthy stories. Um, and then there are some motherfucking cunts and we will discuss Tori later. Um, okay. <laughs> wow. I don't feel that kind of way about her. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about her later uh, because I just have a thing against her because of her outside life. 
Um, and I've heard bad stories about her. Got it. Um, but I, that's a different thing. Um, um, yeah, I think this is a fun cast. I'm very optimistic. Uh, I think there are some absolute superstars. Yeah. And then there's some people that I was like, wait, you're on the show? You didn't <laughs> show up or say words. Um, well, they all I said words, to be fair. They did, but I was like, who's Chanel? Yeah, Chanel had one moment. Ooh. Mariah had like one moment. <laughs> we can't, no, no, no. See, we, we're, we, we'll, we'll talk about her later. There's a bias here, so we're going to talk about her later. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so let's talk about it. This is a long, this, this might be a long podcast. I can't tell. I got a lot of notes. <laughs> I got a lot of notes because there was a lot of backstories to go through. I hope that my stomach, the noise that my stomach just made got picked up on my mic. I really I hope. hope so too. Please. Well, Jeffrey appears on screen and without a single episode airing in real time, he tells us that last season birthed a new era of season of survivors, 26 days, no food, penalties for losing and crazy dangerous twists. He then pulls back the curtain and is like, yeah, we filmed the seasons back to back. So these fools have no idea what we're pulling. Uh, we're going to have the same mask pulled on them. Good luck, guinea pigs. Um, I kind of love that. It's like they, You could literally simulate the same season and they would have no idea. And it would be a different outcome. Yep. And it was. It really yep. was. Um, he shares that some twists will remain the same, like the crazy phrases, his words, not mine. But I totally thought it um, with that. I have to say the show fucking spoiled the shit out of the episode by revealing Tori will have that parchment in her possession and not on this episode. I I tried on my second watch. I was like, is that her voice? Like it I is. couldn't. It is. OK, it is I couldn't quite tell. Voice. I was like, it's showing her face. But is that her voice? Yeah, I yeah. believe it is. And oh, yeah. Um, he says that other twists will have the variables changed to see how the players respond. And there will be new twists because duh, he's a greedy bottom. Um, we watch three boats power through the waters, making their way to see Jeffy Pooh. First in orange, we hear Jonathan say he's waited a long time to be out there to play. Uh, he has the world record for pull-ups with a hundred pounds on his back. I think that's cool, bro. Uh, there's a million world records, but one survivor. Okay. Next, we hear from Drea, who has had to fight to uh, have people believe in her. She was an All-American in hurdles, half-blind, and I assume we're going to hear more about that later on this season. But after this episode, I was like, I don't like you. I don't care if you're half-blind. Um, she goes on to say that some people find her too competitive, and that will be the theme of her episode. Uh, she is too much. Oh, I love her. Really? They're having extremely different experiences. I don't have anyone on this cast that I dislike. So anybody that you're going to insult, I'm going to disagree with because right. I I'm, like I'm, This is why I love you. Uh, <laughs> on Orange, we meet Omar, the exotic animal veterinarian, and what a character he is. Straight out of the gate, he tells us he works and has, uh, he may, at work, he may face a tiny canary with a broken leg or a giant rhino. He has to put his hand up its butt. To the non-gays out there, that is what we know as fisting. Um, also, cool flamingo shirt, dude. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. I didn't even look at yeah, what was on his shirt. He's got a flamingo shirt, and then later he's got an emo sh emu shirt. Well, um, he works with exotic animals, he so sure he's does. staying on brand. Uh, he says he will act like a pigeon who is not threatening, but he will be the owl in the night who will, you will not see coming until you're dead, a.k.a. Jeff snuffing your torch. Next, we have on green, Jen Zier and dear friend of the podcast, Reese Havoc's bestie, Lydia. Uh, Reese will be on the show next week. So listeners, if you want to on Lydia, this is the person to ask. Let me know and I will be sure to pass it over to Reese. Uh, Reese actually went to the premiere with Lydia 
Um, he and Tiffany Seeley became besties that night, apparently. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. But Lydia is out of her comfort zone as the most. She's only camped at music festivals. In a glorious montage, she shares that she is an awkward runner, an awkward swimmer. She's nervous about bugs. She will burn instantly. And she is sand is horrible when six to your whole body. Do you feel seen? Because I do. I do. <laughs> I Lydia. just really loved that they they just super cut the confessional. It, like, it yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. even clear. It was clean. It was like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Like you could see the breaks in it. I was like, this is funny. Um, I'm enjoying I like Lydia. She's fun. Oh yeah. Daniel shares he's been trying to get on the show forever as it's a lifelong dream. Mariah, who is a friend of my mom's. So that's why we're a little biased here. I see. Yes. Uh says that there's something for her that there's that she sees that she needs to find. I'm excited when we get to see her backstory on screen from what my mom has told me about Mariah. She is a superwoman. Uh, so I am mm-hmm. very excited to hear how she discusses her backstory because it's a little heartbreaking. Cool. Uh, yeah. Lindsay wants to know how much farther she can go and how much potential does she really have? Hi says he is prepared for whatever twist Jeff will throw at them. Mike says you have one shot at this and he's going to give it everything he's got. Who will have what it takes to outwit, outplay, outlast all the rest? This is Survivor 42. Now, before we move on, like we let's let's dissect this introduction package for longevity and edit. We heard some backstory or statements from Jonathan, Omar, Lydia, Daniel, Mariah, Lindsay, Hi, and Mike. Any of these eight strike you as long haulers? Um... I think Mike will be long haul. I think Mariah will probably be long haul because the, she had the, the shortest soundbite, but it set up a story. You know what I mean? There's something I need to find out here. Um, and I think, I think Jonathan and Lydia are either long haul or they're going to like make merge, but be like first out at merge. <laughs> Fair. Uh, so Reddit shared that in all of these confessionals, the only person who is seen wearing a buff is Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Coincidence? I don't know. Um, that being said, Lindsay is the person who had to drop out of 41 and was replaced right. by the aforementioned Tiffany. Um, so this might, they may have not have filmed her a second time. I don't know. Um, regardless, I'm, I'm excited. This was a good start. Yeah. All right. The boats arrive and castaways join Jeff. Marianne, Marianne gets our title of the episode telling us this feels like a roller coaster. The straps are on and chug, it's about to move. Now the decision to throw your hands up and have the experience of a lifetime or close your eyes and regret it for your life. I say hands up, bitches. Yeah. Are yeah. you a hands up person on an actual roller coaster? No. <laughs> me either. I'm just like, let me go with the flower. I was a late arrival to loving roller coasters in my life. Like it was not until college that somebody like, maybe it was right before college. It was around that age, late teens, that I Um, was finally like coerced into a roller coaster ride by friends and then realized, oh, this is actually fun, but I still have a certain amount of just like existential terror about them. So I grip for my life. That's fair. Well, um, Andrew promised last summer that we would do the trio of theme parks in the area. So maybe this summer we'll get to do it and we'll, we'll experience <laughs> it all. And we'll podcast about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so why, what is it about Marianne that so makes her so enthusiastic? She says, describing it to her best friends, you dream about going on Survivor and they're like, you're not going to make it on. And then you're here. Jeff's there and she's there. And this is the gif of excitement. I hope to use that gif when I see you in person the next time. 
She's I fun. mean, it was true. I was glad that Jeff called out her smile because I literally couldn't look at anything else in the lineup. She was just yeah. smiling so wide the whole time. It was precious. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like that would not be you. Uh, you would be game face. You'd be stone. You stone face. You'd be like, I am here to play. I. Am I would read the I room. Win. I would read um, the room with my cast. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Jeff's going to call on Mike next, who is also gagged to be there with Jeff Probst, uh, who is now modeling and posing as uh, Mike narrates being there with Jeff. Awkward. A little awkward. I don't know. It's just, it's Jeff is full dad energy. He has gone fully into dad energy and he's just doing it. So I think we need to accept that that is the Jeff we now have. And if you accept it, you can enjoy it. That's fair. Jeff wants to know what it will take to win. And Mike says you have to be diversified in all the areas. The person who is more well-rounded than the rest of them will win the game. Very vague, very, very sure. Jeff is next on a call on Adam 2.0, the boy named Zach. What does it take to win Survivor? Zach, with all his excitement and enthusiasm, responds with, I think we're about to find out, Jeff. This kid has waited all five years of his life to say this. He has practiced it in a mirror, and Jeff is going to leave him hanging, looking like a fool, by saying, what does that mean? And Zach's like, I got nothing. I tried. It sounded cool. That would be me. I appreciated it, though. Like, I appreciated that Jeff laughed with him he laughed it off everybody just seemed like they were laughing and legitimately right. like acknowledging that we're all nerds and we're all excited to be here right now i don't know what was cut out of this entire segment but the amount of joy these 18 exuded on the beach got me excited for the show yeah this is why we watch this is why we are fans these are actual fans playing the game we've had yeah. so many seasons where you've had like a quarter of the cast may have been fans and the rest of it is like all recruits and yeah, you have a good show, but this is why we watch because we want to see how real people who play the game will play it. And these are real people. They're not models. They're not, they're not plucked from uh, Instagram. These are real human beings. Yeah. I mean, you know, this this is not to, this is not to suggest that we haven't had some incredible recruits Correct. um who have been iconic cast members and Correct. worked it out but yeah i think the you're right there was a whole era where the ratio was just so off like mostly you should be casting real people and fans and people who want to play the game you shouldn't just be picking up people because they're hot yeah that show is called love is blind I did not. I have. I watched the first season and I said, I'm never going back. And I haven't. I, I, I just started today, season two. And I was like, I, why am I doing this? This is terrible. <laughs> that being said, if they ever do uh, Gay Love is Blind, sign me the fuck up. I'm ready. <laughs> they don't do gay dating shows. Who are you? You know, right? Jeff says they have 26 days to adapt to win. It's the monster in the horror movie. You slay the game or the game slays you. Our tribes. Orange is Taku. Green is Vati, and blue is Aika. Um, remember Aika Wong? I miss her. I know. She should maybe, be on Survivor. Honestly, maybe Blue Tribe will get to the chance to shred the other t- tribe's letters from home. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine Aika on Survivor? No. She would bitch and complain. and make Yeah, she would hate every second of it. I love it. Um, how many episodes is it going to take before I memorize these names? I don't know. This one's hard because they're all so similar and they're all so short. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, Taku, Taku, not Taco, because every time uh, 
uh, Marianne is like, Taku, Taku. I was like, I want a taco. Uh, apparently, Taku means turtle. Oh, cute. I only know that because Mariah put that on Facebook. So that's what I saw. Okay. Um, it's time to get to the challenge. And on Jeff's go, one person from each tribe is going to race into the jungle, untie two paddles from a cargo net. The next person will race down to the far end of the beach to get two more paddles. When they have all their paddles, they will paddle out beyond the buoy to collect bamboo sticks to try to get a flint. Jeff is going to drop the bomb to see these noobs uh, and tell them that they have no rice, just pot and flint. They're like, what? Why? And they're like, oh, you haven't seen Survivor 41. You can do it. Um, this is new Survivor. Fast, difficult, and dangerous. What are they going to do for 43? I don't know. They're going to have to change it up. I mean, they they will be starting it soon, so I imagine they know. <laughs> Did you see the uh, the TikTok? No. I don't look at TikTok, so. There no. is a TikTok that has made the rounds of someone saying, I think I floated I floated out too far. And this, this kid in the ocean who sees a Survivor set. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, that's brilliant. I'm kind of here for it. Um, but spoiler, it may be a purple-orange season. So those okay. are the colors. All right, so. Omar has watched 40 seasons of Survivor, and that's all out the window. Hop on that roller coaster, kid. It's going to be wild. The first leg, we have Daniel for green, Tori for blue, and Jonathan for orange, and they're off. It seems a simple challenge until Jonathan takes a tumble and dislocates his shoulder. More on that later. Not Jonathan, Daniel. Daniel, that's what I meant. Um, <laughs> I, that's what I did not write down. You're right. Uh, see, this is why I need my cheat sheet at all times. Um. Next, we have Lindsay for orange, Drea for blue, and when uh, Daniel gets back, hey, for green. So Lindsay, who I'm a big fan of, I'm really enjoying her so far, reaches for, reaches the paddles. She sees her notes telling her to stop and wait for the other two because it is twist time. It's a decision. They can grab their paddles and race back to the tribe, or they can agree to secretly agree to work together and get an advantage in the process. They must... Each untie 20 knots to retrieve their advantage. Andrew, what would you do in this moment? I mean, there's there's a chaotic part of me that wants to be like, I just grab my paddles and run. Like I would like start the conversation and then mid-conversation just jet it. Um, but on the other hand, uh, I think they I think they made the right move. Like none of them seemed against uh, Lindsay seemed the least into the advantage. Like Hi Andrea were like, yep. Yeah. We want to do it. Um, so at that point, I think, yeah, just go for it. Like, like they weren't wrong. It's a 26-day survivor. They don't know what's coming up. Take the advantage when you have a chance to get it. So Lindsay, Drea, and Hay quickly decide that they will work together as it's only 26 days. Drea says if they get to merge and only they know, it's instant connection on the other two tribes. Now to the ridiculous part. To cover up their lie, <sighs> they have to spread mud and fake blood over their body. This was a lot. Hey, was like, blood, give me. Little well, that was the forget, thing. He has to explain where that amount of blood came from. There goes the skincare routine. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I was just sort of like, why, why is High opening his shirt up, spreading blood all over his chest? Like, what does he think happened in this I challenge? I think he got overexcited. I was like, wait, what did I just do? Well, because wasn't it Drea who like looked at it and she's like, no, we're not bleeding. And then right. High was like, here's a full handful. <laughs> And he's just like, and then, and then you're like, wait, that is actually prop blood. That is not even looking like real blood. 
Yeah. I think the only way you could use that is like if you wanted to like take your fingernail and pretend you did like a cut on your cheek or something like that right. would be the only way you could do that. But I don't think the blood was nearly as useful as the mud. No. Um, now, all the straight men out there were living for Drea and Lindsay totally touching each other's boobs to get the mud on them. Um, that was a thing that they showed on CBS at eight o'clock for the kids. <laughs> Not a problem. Just an observation. Meanwhile, all the others are waiting and being like, what's happening? I hope they're okay. This is a long run you have them on, Jeff. And he's laughing like, I know what's happening and you have no fucking idea. Of course. That's Jeff to 90% of the time. How does he keep a straight face nowadays? I, I would not be able to do it. Um, I think I have to imagine he does what I do when I'm like hosting my little mini events that I do for my job. If you have information and you're lying straight to the rest of the people's, the players' faces, you're in character. Like you're, he's, he's, yes, he's just being himself, but I think Jeff Probst as a host is a little bit in a character. So you just go into the character and then you don't break. That's fair. Well, Lindsay finally gets back first, followed by Drea and hi. So let's get to paddling. Aika is struggling and going backwards. Taku is in the lead, but none of this really matters because the bamboo gig is the equalizer here. Jonathan jumps in the water to get the bamboo and to drag the boat to the rope because he's that um, strong and they all miscalculated where they went. He's a Mariah, very large man. He is a very large man and very strong man. Yeah. Uh, Mariah is building the pole for orange. We have Roxroy for blue and high for green, which I guess they were allowed to double up roles, um, which I found interesting. Yeah, I was a little surprised, but I guess if he thought he was the best for it, uh, sure, whatever. Also, Daniel dragging his arm was disgusting to watch. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've just seen people dislocate their shoulders enough that I was like not really that perturbed. Why? I don't know. What, My mom what, was a what? nurse and I've okay. been, I don't know, just seen stuff. Oh, okay. We'll dissect <laughs> that another time. Um, as I said, this is the equalizer. Mariah's is too short. High misses. Roxroy grabs it, but it then falls. It's time to drag it through the sand. And from first to last to first, Aiko, Aiko wins, and uh, Aiko wins, and they get their tribe supplies. But my favorite line post challenge, Lydia to High, are you okay? You're bleeding a lot. <laughs> I really want to know what her reaction was watching this moment back. Yeah, I love that there was no follow. Like, I wonder if Lindsay or Drea or Hi had to explain what happened at all or no. Like, did they have to come yeah, up with right. a lie or no? Because we didn't see anything. Well, I, I doubt it because if you just have like mud on you, like it's part of the challenge maybe. Yeah. But it's the blood that I was like, that's funny. I really want to know how she watched it. <laughs> he should have just like slit his own throat. It would have been <laughs> <Right>? great. <laughs> Jeff tells the losing tribes that they have to go to the camps. And trying a new way to earn their camp supplies. Mariah notes that her team set her up to win, but she failed and failed so big. Uh, so she's buckling her seatbelt. It's going to be real. Okay. Story producer. Three people on the Orange Tribe were talking about roller coasters and buckling up and rides and stuff. What are we doing here? I don't know. Are they feeding them lines? Is the whole show scripted now? I don't know. Conspiracy? <laughs> I think not. Um, but before they go, Green has to stay behind to check on Daniel. Uh, he says he's pulled a Stephanie LaGrosa. And for those newbies watching, they have no idea what that means. Would you like to share what a Stephanie LaGrosa is? When you just... 
It's when you dislocate your shoulder in the first challenge. I miss her. She was fun. I didn't like her. Hi. <laughs> she thought she was the best and she sucked. He was the best the second time around. Oh, in Guatemala? Yeah. That's the one I hated her in. Oh, I loved her. I thought she Oh, boy. Her. But I do love Danny. Danny's great. Um, now, we watch the medical team care to him, and I'm like, ew. I will listen, but I'm not going to look. I'm going to look away. The doc says shoulder dislocations you can tend to repair, but some need surgical intervention. The eyes of Daniel got big. I don't know if you've watched um, Drag Race when Diabetti made those giant eyeball glasses. That's how big his eyes got mm. when they said surgery. But let's be real. The doc was saying this just for camera. She got him. She's, he's fine. Um, Dr. Ray puts it back in and says it's not enough to pull him from the game, but he has to be careful. Cool opening. I'm here for it. Yeah, no, it's great. Very classic, very fun. Um, and Not a marooning, though, but a very acceptable entrance. Yeah, um, it's not new. It's something we've seen before. We've seen a challenge like this, but we got this twist, and I think it set us up for some really interesting gameplay. All right, for the next segments, we're going to stick with the tribes and not go in what was shown in order of the show. So bear with me. We're going to stick to the tribes and start okay. with green. Um, Vati, that is. Lydia tells us with the first challenge was insane. They have a setback with no supplies and Daniel injuring himself, but they are about to see how they can earn their supplies. Welcome the decision from Survivor 41. Are you happy it's back? Because I was not. Uh. I don't know. I'm neutral. I just... All right. Essentially, they can do savvy or sweat. Savvy means counting the number of triangles within a triangle. All players can, can participate, and they only have two guesses. Sweat means one tribe member working alone has to get enough ocean water to fill a barrel while the rest of the tribe is separated to work on the shelter. Four hours for each task, and if they fail, they, get, they will not get their supplies until the first challenge. Now, last season, the losing tribes chose sweat, but I believe that was because it was two people. Do you think the producers changed it this time so they'd force them to make a clear-cut decision? I think it was to make the puzzle a little bit more appealing than it was the last time. Yeah. I agree. Because it's And I mean, I'm not puzzle. mad. Like, here's the thing. We got the wonderful, wonderful Jenny moment of all of the, like, young kids <laughs> on her tribe were like, I have my number. And she was like, what the fuck? How do you have a number? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now Mike knows that they need the supplies. He knew he would have be the person designated to do sweat, so he put the kibosh on that. Now, so who is good at visual puzzles? Jenny, apparently. They reveal the puzzle, and Daniel's like, "Wait, this is a trick." And we discussed this last year because I, I, I mentioned it. Is the big triangle an option, or is it not? Obviously, it wasn't. Um, but Mike is like, "No, it's not a trick. What you see is what you're going to get. It's, it's hard." They all start to do it, and they all have a number except for Jenny, as you mentioned. And she's like, no way, that's too fast. Um, she is, is, is a designer, so she was a visual person. So she guides her tribe. We're like, oh, we dumb. Mm -hmm. She does what they call basic math. And Lydia is like jacketing. Now, we remember Audrey, Audrey with the blanket on Big Brother? She's jacketing. She's put a jacket mm -hmm. on herself. She's mm -hmm. so out of it. Um. The joke that if they can't get it, no way Orange will win this challenge, but we'll get to that later. They finally decide that their best guesses are 49 and 50. And Chanel, who is virtually invisible this episode, tells us that getting this puzzle will be the difference of literal survival in this game. They end up putting down 50 and 51, and it's 51. Did you get that as your number? Did you try this puzzle? 
I did. I got 50. So I missed one triangle somewhere. Um, would you have gone 49-50? No, 51? I probably would have gone 50-51. Because right. I would be very confident that I had counted. Like, I I had a method, so I made sure I didn't double count anything. So I'm not going to go lower. I'm only going to go higher. Do you know which one you missed? No. I'm sure tweet, if somebody mapped it out for me, maybe I could find it. Tweet, tweet Jenny and see if she'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> Mike hugs Daniel, who was like, do not touch the shoulders. Stop touching me. Do not touch me right now. Um, I don't care how excited you are. I was like, that would totally be me. I would accidentally hurt the person who just got hurt. Um, now, Mike is cutting a bamboo for the first time in his life. He is a 57 years old, and Jenny never would have guessed it. I wouldn't have guessed it either. He looks pretty good for his age. Yeah, no, definitely wouldn't have said 57. He says he looks tough. He looks like a mean guy. So it's time for his backstory. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's do this. All right. So he was part of the Hoboken Fire Department for 26 years. For those who don't know, Hoboken is just around the corner from New York, just across that water. Yep. Putting on the uniform was a source of pride. He was the first Puerto Rican battalion chief. He grew up in the projects. His father was rough. His mother was handicapped. And that photo of him as a child was wild. I know. So adorable. He had to work to be who he is today. And then we see the firefighter firefighter build the fire. Who says someone from the city can't make fire? Andrew, can you? I haven't tried. I thought you want to be on the show. Yeah, I do. I will practice when I get cast. Okay, okay, fine. Um, all right. We're going to go through the backstories a little deeper this time because there's a lot of them this episode. There are. I will say, though, I think they they tied them into the editing better. They weren't just like, we're doing a backstory with no context and it's just right. there. Like, this was about Mike talking about how much he works and how he just always goes at things and then he builds fire and he's cutting bamboo and blah, blah, blah. And we see, like the backstory is getting tied into the way people are approaching their first few days in the game. And I liked that Absolutely. much more. Um, now, obviously we're going to have season 41 on our minds when it comes to backstories, when things are told, when things are not told, when they're saved for, is it a good thing or a bad thing to hear the backstory on episode one? Unclear because we have seen people get backstories and go out the next episode Erica right. didn't get a backstory last until very season, late. until the merge. So yeah, you never um, know. And that's why I think the editors are like, we got you bitches. I think they're trying to do a bit of an Australian survivor thing. Cause Australian survivor loves, loves to do like packages to introduce yeah. their people, not just backstories. These are full, like Australian survivors over the top in every way humanly possible. But like, how's Sandra season... doing? Huh? So how's Sandra doing? I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> I, know. I will say the season has dropped off significantly since the merge for me. I'm not enjoying Luke. it as much. Um, yeah. So Mike, uh, we heard the backstory contender, not contender. What do you, how are we feeling? Absolute contender. I think right. um, great intro for his archetype. Um, yes. A lot of agency. We saw him essentially get what he wanted in the sweat versus savvy decision and explain mm-hmm. to us why he wanted that and how he made it happen. It was, I was like, yeah, you're you're on my radar for potential yep. winner. Absolutely. Well, it is morning of day two. Lydia is nowhere near crying. She finds it harder than a regular survivor because they don't have stuff, not even rope. They're just putting things up and fingers crossed. Lydia and Hi connect as she believes they are the same person in a different way. Mike and Jenny seem to be a duo. So Chanel is like, I'm on this show too. I'll pair up with Daniel, I guess. Okay, cool. Uh, the guy with the dislocated shoulder. Cool. 
they got each other. Daniel thinks they are no duds in their tribe. Um, he feels that they have made a good connection with everyone thus far. Daniel thought they would use his shoulder as a way to destroy his game, but that's not the case. But this is a great segue for his backstory. Daniel edition. So his scar. Mike asks what it's from. It's from childhood leukemia. He's fully cured. At age 15, he was diagnosed with leukemia. He went through three years of chemo and Survivor got him through it. It was a way to enjoy something that brought him to a different world. He has gone from hospital bed to being on the island and it's surreal. It means a lot to be there. The number one reason he is there is because there is some kid in the hospital bed longing to have an adventure of this sort or just to leave the hospital. He is out there playing for that kid. All right, let's analyze this backstory. Oh, I thought it was super, super sweet. It was a, it was more of a wonderfully fleshed out version of a super fan. You know what I mean? Yes. This gives us like a super fan, but it's like, he's a fan for these reasons. And this is why Survivor is important to him. So it informs like a lot more about him and his approach to life. So yeah. I liked it a lot. Um, is this as much winner potential? I don't know. I think he's just going to be maybe a likable character who does some sort of run into the game, but I, he's lower on my winner scale than Mike. I'll say that. I, I agree. I think Daniel is good TV. He'll be a good person to look up to, especially for those who have a similar experience as him. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to catch on to his love for the game very quickly and he's going to be a target. Yeah. I, but I think he seems like a very, very sweet human. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to jump over to the orange tribe, Taku. We jump in um, as they're doing the puzzle. Jonathan is like, I'm getting 11, dude. And Omar is like, I'm up to 36 already. And Jonathan's like, I'm on the way out. Peace. Y'all do that. I'll go build a shelter with Mariah and Jackson while Omar, Lindsay, and Marianne tackle the puzzle. Smart strategy. Split yeah. up, even though you can't yeah. do anything, but do that. Good job. I mean, I loved it. I love that we got it. Like, this is the thing. Jonathan is on my radar as well, just in the sense of like, his archetype typically doesn't get to win because he's going to be a target come merge. But at least he got a confessional saying, hey, that guy got 30 more triangles than me. That's why I said, bye. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Lindsay is doing very well. And Marianne is just excellent television as she narrates how you try to tackle the puzzle. Doink, doink, doink. She's good. She's really good TV. I love her. Um, the pressure is on. If they don't have their tools, they know they can't do anything without the machete. They're going to decide to go with 51 and 52, and bingo, it is 51. Yeah. Marianne jokes that the standards get so low at how excited they are to get the bare necessities. And we're going to move into fire talk, and Jackson, who is getting his first real appearance in this episode, he's going to give them a good story. He applied to Survivor one time 10 years ago, but the twist... He applied as a girl. He is a transgender man. He doesn't want to hide anything from them. He started transitioning eight and a half years ago. And Jeff Probst is like, transitioning stories gets you Emmy Awards, RuPaul. Here's mine. (laughs) And I'll go one up later on this episode, but you have to wait for this reveal. All right. So Jackson shares that he didn't tell his parents because he knew how they felt about it. He was born a girl, but didn't feel like a girl. In a really powerful but shocking moment, Jackson actually allowed the show to show pictures of him before the transition. Yeah. Um, For many trans people, that can be triggering. But I think this was a beautiful message that Jackson assisted with by allowing them to show. It was important. I, yeah, I think, I mean, that was the thing. 
nothing about it felt disrespectful. Uh, nothing about it felt contrary to how Jackson is now presenting himself. He seems to be an extremely open person. He seems to be a person who has said, I suffered for like 30 years of my life. I'm going to be open about my suffering. And if that helps one other person to suffer a little less, great. And I think that that's the intention. And so I think that's great. Yeah, I was very, um, I was moved to see this. Yeah. Because you don't see this on other reality shows. It just doesn't happen. 100%. So he shares that he was a depressed person. And when he told his parents it was not accepted, he lived his life away from his family when he, when it was difficult because he was close to his mother. When he was transitioning, his mother got very sick and his father invited him to see her. He said, bring her home. And he decided to take care of her full time. During that time, his father and he got to know each other. And then he asked if he had anyone in his life. Jackson revealed that he was married and introduced his wife, who was a nurse to his dad. And they became close. As his mother got worse, she passed away. His father asked why did she pass away, and Jackson said that was the plan. He and his dad got a relationship, and his mom got to know who he was. Yeah. Jackson tells him this because he wanted to be honest about who he is. Survivor makes you take everything and peel it off and be vulnerable and open. And that's huge for someone who hid who they are. His goal is to get to the million dollars, but if he doesn't get to it, at least he tried it. What a great fire talk. How do you think the audience of general survivor public viewed this? I mean, I think, I think here's the thing. I think there's many different contingents of survivor fans. I think there's the Facebook survivor fans and they probably like rolled their eyes and did the whatever. Maybe some of that contingent left the show because of the death of guys, which was the actual beginning of world war three. Thanks to Ricard. Um, so <laughs> unclear then there's sort of like general i think like reddit fans like the the people who love the strategy of the game and blah 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 blah. and for them they probably could like give or take these kind of thing you know it's like take it right. or leave it in terms of like these intro packages so i don't know how much they necessarily pay attention but i also think there's a, a large queer following for survivor interestingly enough so um i imagine that that group quite loved to see this Absolutely. And again, Jackson is not the first um, trans man on the show. That would be mm-hmm. Zeke. Um, so it's not like it's groundbreaking. Oh my God, this is the first moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was after, let's not forget about the Zeke and Jeff Varner of it all. Oh boy. Um, after that, this, this was the, the reconciliation of, of that. And this was the way to show that we're all human. Mm-hmm. We're all human and this is life. And if you, whoever you are, can't accept this human, pity for you. Yeah. Well, and pity it's this really you. wonderful. Like, cause here's the thing with Zeke. We also got a trans person who was very comfortable in who he yeah. is. It's, it sucks that the main thing people remember is the Varner incident. Like, because that, that happened to be so traumatizing and such a big moment and, and what it was that that ends up being one of the bigger things that's remembered. Like that's, I'm sure not the legacy Zeke wanted. I don't think it was the legacy he was intended to have. Um, But so it's wonderful to get another opportunity of just like, here's another trans person who can be representation, who can be open about it and, and show that, that being trans is not all just trauma. You can like find contentment and you can get there. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I think this is a very important 
moment. My mom hasn't seen the episode yet. I'm going to watch it with her. So I'm very intrigued to see how she's going to yeah. take this. Not that she's going to accept it, but I'm, I, she, she's someone who's learning. She's learning yeah. how to discuss um, uh, transgender people and using phrases the proper way. And, and Right. She, I mean, I think that's the thing. There are people who don't understand the language around it. There are people, and, and like the idea of me saying that like we're seeing a trans person who is is content and open about who they are. And like, yeah, it's great because there's so much of like the tropes around queer people in television is to just use their trauma as a story. Exactly. So it's wonderful to not use that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and, and it's a great way to not ha- like parrot what you hear on the news because the news doesn't even get it right sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, so this was a really powerful moment and we'll get more on Jackson in a little bit because we're going to get a little more complicated. Yep. It's time for Ica. Team Blue. They arrive to the beach and see their stuff. Zach is a super duper fan and is so excited to sit in the sand in the stupid tree thing. It's a dream. The kid had no idea how much of a dodo edit he was getting while he was opening his mouth. I mean, yeah, but uh, on on one hand, I think maybe he did. There are moments of self-awareness from him where I think he was a little less lost in the sauce than other people of the, the super fan nerd archetype. Yeah. All right, so Zach tells his tribe he is 21 years old and he is a student. Drea is 34 and born and raised in Texas, but lived in lives in Montreal for the past 12 years. Romeo is a pageant director. And I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> he's Rox Roy Bailey and he is the old head here. He is 43. Tori is a caregiver and she is 24. Swati is 20 and she is an Army National Guard and she is a computer science kid. Who's ready for a flashback? Say hello to Swati and never hear from her again, basically all episode long. <laughs> She thinks being in the Army National Guard will be an advantage to her as young women frequently get voted out early. Her family immigrated from India and raised her by example on hard work and discipline. Her family was surprised that the hippie nerd joined the Army National Guard, but she says the Army exemplifies those values. Oh, and she got into Harvard too. Yeah, I loved that afterthought. (laughs) And that's it. That's it. That's all we got on her. That's all her backstory, which scared me. She's going soon, isn't she? Um... I don't know. I think because there was, I got this very different. Like for me, that was a, she'll be here for a while. Okay. For me, that was um, because what we saw on, on Ika was a lot of young people who I said this to my mom was like, we're seeing a lot of young people and I don't mean their age. I mean, just like their approach to life, their level of maturity, their comfort in their own skin. Like we saw a lot of lack of those things. Yeah. Um, and I think this was to maybe differentiate her from that. All right. Well, Tori, the former sequester contestant and infamous anti-vaxxer and anti-masker. Oh, she was first... on sequester. Mm. And she is apparently a total cunt. Uh, mm. Someone played a um, survival role play game with her and she was she ruined the game, apparently. Um, Got it. We'll have that story from someone else later on this season as a guest. Um, anyway. Her social strategy is to tell people what she wants them to think about her. She is actually a therapist and she wants to use what she knows in therapy to her advantage. Swati, Tori, and Zach are off on their own talking about Harry Potter, working on the palm fronds as the quote-unquote old people, Romeo, Drea, and Roxroy are working on the shelter. The fact that they are considered the old people has crushed my soul and I will no longer be able to recover because I am the same age plus one as Drea. 
Yeah. But this has always been the case on Survivor. I'm not old. Am no. I old, Andrew? No. If okay. you're old, then I'm three years away from being old. So I'm basically there too. So no, we're not old. This is partially why I still don't. I, I, this is why I don't like Tori because she called I me I swam a mile the other day. Can an old person do that? <gasps> Why did you I do that? So. No, that sounds fun. At a pool. In, in, <laughs> in West Virginia? In West Virginia. Wow, I didn't know they had pools. It's much nicer to do it at a pool in West Virginia because a pool in New York is full of other people versus <laughs> yeah. in West Virginia, it's just me. <laughs> you didn't get, you didn't have to do it in a creek? Nope. Oh, wow, cool. All right. Tori is ready to let her nerdy self show because she can tell that they, the other two are both nerdy. Uh, she doesn't want to be with the big kids. She wants to be with the quieter people who might be on the outs. So basically, the nerds are the outcasts, according to the pretty blonde. Revolutionary! <laughs> I know you're not getting the same thing out of Tori that I am, but Here's the thing. I do not like how she is coming off. She is coming off as a villain. Oh, 100%. But I see shades of Angelina Keeley villain in, in, in comic relief of how delusional she is. Every single thing that she did in this episode, she said this, and then was fully proven to be completely wrong about it. Like she's been delusional about everything so far. So I have another I'm fully we'll ready for, I want, you know what? When she gets that beware advantage, I hope she has to use a ladder to get it. And I hope it's 500 feet in the air. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so the big kids are, are at the well and they solidify an alliance. Romeo says first impressions are most important. He couldn't win Miss Universe because he's a man, but he could win Survivor. The pageant coach from South Central is chopping bamboo with no problem, he says in confessional, but the edit says otherwise. <laughs> that baby was bouncing. Yeah, that was, um, I laugh. <laughs> dodo edit! He didn't get a total dodo edit. Not there's a, a total, lot of, but that was dodo. That moment, oh yeah, there's a lot of people on, on like the Edgic Reddit who have put him very high in their winner chances. I'm like, he got a lot of content, but he had several times the edit contradicted him so i don't yeah. think that's good <laughs> well now it's time to get some fruit and tori zach andrea are singing the survivor theme song because this is the closest anyone will get to shan song this season <laughs> roxroy is just not a fan of this he wants to keep centered and romeo's like they're just kids um roxroy tells us that his work ethic is just different and i'm like dude has never watched this show good luck Y'all, that's the kind of person who gets uh, voted out soon. Zach and Swati return with the booty, and he kind of belittles that and says they have to buckle down and focus. If the grown, if a grown ass adult man said this to me, I would say, "How do you spell your name, Gramps?" Yeah, I mean, you know, I am with him. I think I would be annoyed in this situation. How I do you spell your name, Andrew? What do you mean? I vote you out. <laughs> I don't need that drama. I don't need that energy. Here's the thing. I would agree with him in the sense that I would also get annoyed, but I wouldn't wear that outwardly at any point. He just wants things to be crack-lacking. He's yeah. not a cat herder. I mean, I'm mostly with him. I am more of a I am more of a rock story than I am the young people on this tribe, if I'm honest, in terms of the way I approach life. However, like I said, you have to incorporate socially. And That's doesn't fair. matter if if the rest of your tribe is young and you've got youthful people as a majority, you gotta bring out your inner child. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Well, Zach's one word for building shelter, Roxroy. He's taken on the leader role that in 40 seasons it paints a target on his back. 
Roxroy asks Drea if he's being too luxury and she tells him to take it down a bit. He blames it on the changing of generations. He finds it frustrating as he says his kids are easier to take care of. So guess what? It's time for a backstory. Mm-hmm. He is a stay-at-home dad with a seven and five-year-old and a beautiful wife. She is gorgeous. Uh, he enjoys watching his kids grow up and develop. He says it's hard to go from always being needed by his kids to being in a situation where he's with adults where he's not. It's a reset for his brain. Okay, so this was the moment. I was like, so not full-on villain moment. He's yeah. aware of this. Um, it's just a misunderstanding edit. Yeah. I'll give him a slight pass. <laughs> and that's it. That's all we got. Yeah. Little inkling. Yeah. I don't... And I only, I only mentioned this because the same with Swati... Usually you only get one of these backstories for the season. I, I I expect the winner to have a little more heft in their backstory. Maybe, maybe not. It's so unclear. I don't know. I just feel like last season threw so much out the window that we thought we knew about editing that I am wider open. That's fair. I don't, I also don't think Rock's race, like he's one of the ones I've eliminated. One of oh, the I few think he's that gone, I've eliminated. He, he's gone next chance again. Because here's I, the I, here's the interesting thing. There's actually a post that went up today on on the Edic Reddit about who got um, premiere backstory packages in yeah. 41. Six people got them. Four of those people went out pre-merge. Yep. So, ooh, <laughs> I know. Yep, yep. Um, so Drea has to see what her advantage is, and while they're all listening to Daddy, as she calls him, she's going to read the clue. She don't care. And this is going to be the montage portion of the three reading their advantage. Lindsay, Drea, and Hi have received the advantage amulet. It comes with a condition. When they decide to play their amulet, it must be played with all other amulets remaining in the game, which means they will have to work together, but it comes with a dangerous twist. The fewer amulets there are, the more power they have. Three amulets have the power of an extra vote. Two amulets have the power of a steal the vote. One amulet has the full power of an idol. The last time an amulet can be played is when there are six players left in the game. This is a crippling advantage. Not only do you have to reconnect with the other two, you have to consider taking them out as the power gets more powerful. But they're all thinking the same thing, so I say numbers speak louder than words. All right, Andrew, dissect it. What would you do if you were an amulet holder? I mean, for this part of the game, nothing. This part of the game, you just sort of go with it. Um, Uh Uh-huh. If the others happen to get voted off when their tribe loses, hey, you got more power heading into merge. Um, I mean, it is. I I actually like this advantage because it's really interestingly balanced. There are pros and cons in both directions. It's like, sure, you have a potential alliance that is formed from minute one of the game. Um, But hey, you also didn't really get to meet those people and the alliance was thrown at you. So maybe you don't work well together. Uh, and on the other hand, they could actually be working against you because they want an idol. <laughs> sure. So here's my question. We're going to probably assume there's going to be a lot more summits going on. Yeah. Um, if you are an amulet holder going to a summit, is that maybe your chance to throw some worms in the ear and be like, so this person, so let's say it's high and, be, and say to someone on the other two tribes talking about Drea and Lindsay and be like, you like them? Are they how they're doing? And then maybe kind of try to boost them to get them out. Is that an opportunity? Or is that an opportunity to push them to stay? Can you use this to your advantage? You can try, but I think 
the majority of humans uh, are not going to have the nuance necessary to do that and have it not make them suspicious. Why are you talking about somebody from another tribe who, as far as they know, you've never met? You just ran the same portion of the challenge together. That's why you talk about everybody. You talk about someone. If you can actually, but but that's the thing. You then have to make sure that you're going to be able to do this in a natural way. And if you're not a person who speaks well enough to handle that, don't try this. So you and I would be able to handle it. We'd be fine. I don't know. I don't know if I would try I think I would just leave everything alone. Honestly, for me, me, the amulet would be information that I have to pack away when a swap or merge comes. That's all I'm doing with it. Zach and uh, Romeo go off for water and Zach reveals that he weighed in at 118 pounds. I could toss that kid over my shoulder. I could eat him. (laughs) Romeo. Oh, 112. He's 112. How are they going to survive? I have no idea. Well, that was what I said. The first, like, we aren't there yet, but the first challenge when you saw the, how much it was like about pushing heavy things, I was like, they have the tiniest people. <laughs> and Rock Roy. <laughs> um, they bond as they are the skinny boys. Zach says trying to make an ally on Survivor is the most awkward thing he's ever been in. He relates it to waiting to be kissed. You have to be willing to lean in. But what if they don't lean in? Is that your experience to be kissed? Is that how no. it works for you? No. Oh, everyone just wants to kiss you. Is that what it is? No. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I thought that this was this was the confessional where my brain was immediately like, I don't hate him yet, but this kid would wear on me if he lasted <laughs> long. Well, that you want to know what this was this was as well. Zach will tell us that the first convo, yes, he were used oh, the word God, I know he convo. Did. Well, he's 21. That Romeo asked him how he was feeling. Ding, ding. That's the alliance maker. Um, they talk super fan to super fan that they can relate to each other. They're both skinny dudes. But back at camp, Tori is revealed to be looking for Taro, the root. They all know that she is idol hunting. While we don't see her snag it in this moment, we will know she eventually has it due to that phrase uh, teased later from earlier in the episode. Tori returns and she feels nervous and guilty that she went off to find food for her tribe, which also was an idol cover. I just don't like her. Um, She is one of those people who will spin the truth to fit her narrative. Dare I call her, raise yourself, a Republican? I mean, yes, there are Democrats that do it too. There are all kinds of people that will do this, to be fair. To be fair. But I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, no, she she lives in her own reality where her decision on the perspectives of things actually makes that the truth. But that's not yes. how the world works, babes. Correct. <laughs> Zach will take Tori aside and tell her that Drea was bringing up her name about the idol. The rumors are being spread. She made a stupid decision and now she has to work to make it in her favor. We're going to venture over to the orange team who sees a boat in the distance. They get a note saying one person must get on the boat and they will return this afternoon. In Mary Ann's mind, she wants to get on the boat, but every single Survivor fan knows that if you leave a tribe, that puts you on the outs. She's going to be the sacrifice. She doesn't mind. (laughs) Grain is going to draw straws and it's Jenny. She's nervous and she doesn't know what will happen. Rock, paper, scissors, sends Drea. She came to play and she wants as many advantages as she can get in this game. She's playing hard. Uh-huh. She's playing hard. Mm-hmm. 
The three converge on the beautiful island. It's summit time, just like last season. They all hope for food, but yeah, good luck. This long hike is going to lead you to nothing. No beautiful picnic there. Now, I have a question. Why? Why was our dear friend Marianne doing this barefoot? Um, I don't know. I don't know why she made the choice to not put on shoes before she got in the boat. I guess Doesn't she thought she production was just step in and be like, sand. Do, do production wouldn't step in and be like, hey, babe, you might want your shoes because it's going to hurt. Yeah, I don't know. Bless her heart. She has gone through adversity and she feels like a stronger person. And now it's time for Marianne's backstory. Hike backstories are usually for the long haulers. Just saying. Didn't JD get his backstory during the hike? JD did, but didn't we get one from Leon and Shan? Uh, yeah, I guess we got something from them. But that was very specifically their hike together. Fair. All right, we get a video, a video of Marianne celebrating her birthday with her family. Her parents are from Kenya. When she told her mom she wanted to be on Survivor, she was confused. Why do you want to go on an island to starve? She is there because she struggled with self-esteem issues. She was a pretty weird kid growing up. She dreaded going on the bus, but she can be on the show. But she can be on the show. Survivor is a way she can test her own limits and show other weirdos you can do this too. Weirdos can win and not have to change anything about yourself. Marianne doesn't care about the million dollars. She wants the title and the growth to get there. Winners at it. Count me in. Hook, line, and sinker. I am not sure. Marianne is very middle tier in my winner's rankings right now because... This is the whole Shan moment for me. I was like, I think she's winning. And I'm well, that's the thing. She's right. She's right here at the forefront. She is so clearly like likable, uh, enthusiastic. Like there's so many positive things being played up about her that it makes me worry it's too much. It makes me feel more like it's a fan favorite edit as opposed to a winner's edit. Sure. But on the other hand, you know, if I think about, well, then if Marianne was the winner, would her edit be different than this? And I don't think it would. I still think you would have to put all this in. So I'm certainly not ruling her out, but I am not like on the, she's the winner train. That's fair. She's middle of my road. They arrive at the top and we see they will separate and make a private decision. It's literally the same as last season. Risk your vote or protect your vote. After last season, knowing what happens, what would you do? Um, I mean, I would have taken, I think like, I think what we saw Jenny do was notice the people that she went with yes, and make the correct move to not lose her vote. You know what I mean? Like, I think it would depend on who I was on the summit with. Um, Now, one thing that I found very interesting, we watched their dilemma and I found it really interesting having Marianne talk about how Christians come on into this game saying they wish they played more cutthroat. Mm-hmm. Remember Shan? Well, she doesn't. <laughs> no, of course not. She doesn't. But I'm just saying, <laughs> we're talking about winners at it. We're talking about how she's given the Shan vibes. Is is this a similar archetype? Are they completely different people? But no. What is if, it? Why do they bring that up? Why did they include that? Um, I imagine it's just uh, informing Marianne's approach to the game. It's the same as the roller coaster she's planning to ride with her hands up and ride the experience. That is her storyline. That'll be interesting. I hope. I don't think we're ever going to see Marianne not jump into something headfirst in That's this fair. game. 
Well, in the end, Drea and Marianne risk their vote while Jenny protects her vote. Uh, two extra votes are now out in the game. This is exact. Jenny is going to play it safe. Um, Jenny reminds me of very, very, very like season like 13 through 16 Survivor. She that's the that's the generation of Survivor I feel like she's going to be playing. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I get a lot of of modern good big brother play from Jenny where she's going to ride low for the early part and let okay. power players out themselves. And she might come on later on. Uh, Jenny is towards the top of my winner's rankings right now. Interesting. I find Jenny to be the sidekick. Who's just going to be the sidekick until all the sidekicks no longer needed. Remember when Erica was the sidekick for several episodes? Was she a sidekick? She, she didn't exist. No, no, she just the, wasn't. She was the lion. She was, there. she was the lamb who was going to be a lion. That's yeah, all we know. She wasn't there. Um, all right. It's the morning of day three, and we journey to Orange, where we hear Lindsay tell Jackson that she will fill up his water, and she will be on him about water, and we learn Jackson was dizzy for ten hours. We see a boat. Marianne is already there. It's Jeff. Oh, no. Why is he there? They know it's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. Jeff is impressed by the shelter after three days. He rarely comes to a tribe camp, but he has a purpose, and he borrows Jackson. Jeff shares to Jackson that, and to us, that during the casting process, they spend a lot of time getting to know the players. He tells Jackson that he was a home run and had to be on the show. Jeff also shares that they have to be open and keep them updated on their medical situation so they can properly take care of them on the show. The day before they start shooting, Jackson disclosed some medical information and they all decided that they would let Jackson start the game as no one is worried, but they were monitoring him and it is just difficult to get any type of test done at this time. Jeff's going to ask him a question. Why did he not tell them? Jackson shares that he was trying to quit it completely as he did not need it anymore. His wife is a nurse and we learned that the it he is talking about is lithium. Mm -hmm. He was winning himself off of it and believes he was charting himself off of it and didn't need to bring it up because he thought he would be fine. He shares that there is a stigmatism. He knows the fear of the drug. It had nothing to do with him transitioning. He took it for another reason. It was when he was taking care of his mom when he wasn't sleeping. It wasn't uncommon and he wasn't ashamed to say he was on it. James, Jeff came there ready to have a veiled conversation out of respect for him, but he is comfortable to disclose it. He does not. He does it to get rid of the stigmas. He's not afraid to say he needs help with certain things. Jeff's going to reveal that the only problem with this medication is it has a reaction when you're stressed, not eating, physically demanding challenges, and that's where the show's concern comes in. They don't want it to have a bad effect on him. Safety first. They can't do it. Jackson is pulled from the game. He gets emotional, but he is glad he has had the test of 48 hours on the show. He thanks Jeff for the opportunity. This is a lot to unpack because mm -hmm. we just had this brilliant moment where we got to meet this person who is so open and he's going to be open again, but it's a swan song. Yeah. Um, of course, Reddit has theories, rumors and all. Was Jackson battling something else? I know there was discussion about bipolar because obviously lithium is uh, something that is used for bipolar and the side effects being off of lithium sure. are bad when you are bipolar. Yeah, There's no proof to this. It's not been, it's not been uh, uh, revealed. Did Survivor make the right decision? I mean, I think they probably were... For so here's the thing. I... I don't know. I think part of the discussion is why did production, you know, why would they even go ahead and take the risk and then like make 
because my assumption is that legal forced them to remove him. Like there was a legal discussion that said, no, 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 liability is through the roof on this. If you've, if we've received this information, he can't play the game. Um, and it does, it makes it a bit of a sad and an awkward moment that like you get to play for two days and then you have to be removed and we don't get more than that. In terms of whether it's by, like, I don't know, that's just not our place to really come up with theories on if Jackson seems very open about most things. So absolutely. I, I don't know that he would necessarily hide that, but if he is, then that's his choice. Um, should he have hidden anything medical going on to the show? No. Do I understand as a person who's a fan that I would be really afraid to say a thing because it might prevent me from getting put on the show? Yeah. Sure. But at the same point, like it is incredibly important that you disclose these things. So like ultimately, yeah, that was a, that was a bad choice. <laughs> Yeah, it's an unfortunate situation. I hope future players have learned from this. Yeah. Um, share everything. Because if you are good enough to be cast, they'll they'll keep you. They'll they'll save you for later. If yeah, you especially have something with something like this. You. It's like Jackson exactly. is, is weaning himself off of the lithium. Great, you might not have it by this season. Then we'll keep you in the rounds for the next one. And as long as your life will let you do it, we'll cast you there. Because again, he's open and honest and sharing this, but it also just affected five other people. Yeah. It affected their run in the game. Um, I don't know if you saw his interview. I believe it was on Entertainment Weekly. Um, I did not. Shared that he, um, that his, this rest of the trial was very supportive and, lo- and loving. And that um, after the show that they, they all meet up at the airport. And he, that's the first time you saw them. And they all gave him hugs and blah, blah, blah. Asked how he was. Then Good. I mean, that's lovely and wonderful, and that's and, what and I. Then, and then it started the Reddit rumors of, but what about Ponderosa? Does he does he not see any of them there? And then it was leaked that Zach did see Jackson at Ponderosa. So does that mean that all of our is just staying around for a while? Who nah, knows? I don't know. Twitter, Twitter, Reddit, they're all coming up with theories, but just things that are out there. So we'll see. We'll we'll keep an eye on it. We'll monitor it. Yeah, um, but I mean, here's the thing: Orange to me looks potentially like the physically strongest team. So, yeah, I, I, agree. I it's not that hard to believe that they wouldn't lose. Right. Well, Omar shares that when you watch the show, you don't understand how important the survival aspect of the game is. It's brutal, and your ability to survive is reliant on the people around you. They have all bonded. Jackson is blessed to be on this journey, and says, even if you don't win the million, it's a gift to be to have done what he has done. Right, let's move on to an immunity challenge because it's been a long fucking episode already. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a long road of what backstories, but it's finally time for our first immunity challenge. Um, green and blue get their first chance seeing the new orange tribe, and they're like, wait, what? New? They're like shocked to learn Jackson is out of the game, but nothing else to disclose. They'll find out eventually. Taku is down to five tribe members and the game continues. And for this challenge, each tribe will start out in the water on a platform. They will swim to a boat and paddle to share the shore, collecting three chests along the way. They will drag their chest and boat across the track under the net where two tribe members will solve a massive dragon puzzle. The immunity idol is a dragon eating its tail. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I was a fan. I want it for my room. <laughs> How much does it cost? Probably too much. Question. Do we think with Jackson being medevaced that we only got one tribal or do you think we would have had two like we did last season? 
Hmm. I don't know. Cause uh, medevacs have like impacted the elimination schedule in different ways for different seasons. So yeah. it's hard to say we, I mean, we probably, we probably would have gotten an episode with two eliminations no matter what. So I think based on having one idol there, I think it was supposed to be a double. Yeah. Oh, well, there is a penalty for losing. The last place tribe will give up their flint where they can earn it back in the next immunity challenge. There's also a penalty for second place where if you're first place, you get the cool snake eating its tail. And if you're second place, you just get a rock. Yeah, really. Um, Jeff also reveals that there is a shot in the dark is back. And I'm like, meh, what a twist based. Bye. Vati is going to sit out Lydia. Aika is sitting out Romeo. Let's get it on. Everything starts out pretty even, even though Jason Momoa Jr. is helping Team Orange in the strength department. Dear God, he can do anything. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> the other two tribes are having a little more difficulty, either missing the boat with their chest or just losing the boat completely and having to swim to it. Everyone is having to walk the chest up as they are too heavy in the boat. And then there's a lot of groaning and Jeff loves grunting, he says. He loves the grunts. <laughs> Good for you. After running out of steam, Green is up first in the puzzle, followed by Orange, then Blue. Daniel and Jenny are puzzle people for Green. Marianne and Omar for Orange. Swati and Zach for Blue. In this challenge, would you take the puzzle? First immunity challenge. Yeah. Oh, never! Don't! Because then you're, you got the target on your back. I'm stronger at puzzles. Okay. You're not, you, I, but you have muscle. Not really. I yes, don't you have, do. I don't have I, size, though. Y'all, go find Andrew's photo on Facebook and see the V. He's got a V. It's not. It's Shadow. Yeah, it's Shadow. How is Literally. Shadow? How's your dog? He's good. He's cute. He's very cuddly. Is he there? Yeah, not in the room. Oh, okay. Well, it's pretty much a blowout. Um, Team Green, but then Orange comes from behind and wins. Green gets second, and that makes Blue our losers, and we'll be going to Tribal Council for the first Tribal of the season. Zach says it always comes down to the puzzle people and puts 100% of the blame on himself. Will the baby boy be the sacrificial lamb of Team Blue? Let's find out. At camp, Zach apologizes for the puzzle, but it's Roxroy who says, we win as a team, we lose as a team. But really, that's him saying, you gone, boy. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that that was his, like, approach there. I think it was literally like a one person doesn't need to take the blame on this. Tori wants to say something before they split up. She wants to talk to them as a rational, logical, intelligent person. And that was the moment I was like, you're not a rational, logical, intelligent person, are you? She does not have the idol. The rumor is false. Don't let that factor into your decision. She finds it stupid that it would be the reason to vote her out. She takes Dre aside to talk woman to woman as she was the one she heard she had an issue. Romeo wants the other four to fess up and tell them who told Tori. And Zach's like, I'm not saying anything. But he does think Tori's going to throw him under the bus. Drea says that there was never a rumor that she had an idol, just that she was looking for it. But that's not what matters. It's about the challenge. She saw both Zach and Rox stop, and she was, and she was the only one pulling the boat. So she doesn't think Rox is contributing at all. Not the way I thought Drea was going to go. Mm-mm. What happened here? Where where did this switch come? I don't know. I mean, I I obviously we got an edited version of the challenge. I don't know. Maybe she really did. Maybe he really did kind of like sit down more than she th- expected him to, and she was irritated. I mean, I think you're 
getting Drea in the heat of a challenge loss. So she probably, I think we're seeing that maybe she's an emotional reactor. Absolutely. And Tori is like, thank you, Rox, for the shelter and fire. We can take it from here and leave it to Drea to say, I did the fire. I did it. It's me. Me. Drea and Tori are the mean girls, right? They're mean girls. I don't know. Sure. They're just too intense for me. They're not my cup of tea. I would not get along with either of them. I don't know that I'd get along with them, but I am enjoying watching them so far. Well, back at camp, we see Roxroy patronize Swati, telling her to clean off those things she calls shoes. Not funny! What a motherfucker! This tribe has evil people! I... I don't know. Not the a way joke. It, it was not a joke. It was not a joke. You cannot. No, the way it was, it was said, I was, I was, I thought maybe there was some kind of inside thing that we weren't. I don't know. Yeah, it's he not, laughed that's at not it. a normal way that you interact with people. Maybe, like maybe that's how he treats his kids, but that Swati is not his kid. <laughs> and she's not young enough kid. that she could be. That's true. Um, Swati is playing the anyone but me card, but she is not. Fe- she's feeling getting out Zach, and she thinks it will come down to the puzzle. Roxroy doesn't want buzzing around at travel, so stick to the plan. Zach's the plan. Drea tells Romeo that she wants Rox gone. He's like, but we can't do him now because we made an alliance with him. And I'm like, dude, your boy Zach has an alliance with you. Who are you going to vote for? Mm-hmm. And Romeo thinks Rox is the strong sky. They need him in challenge. And Drea agrees. And then that's who. And he's like, Tori. Oh, shit. We got some drama. Yep. Zach chats with Tori and says it's down to him and her and tells her whatever happens, no hard feelings. Then this bitch, when he walks away, mocks him by saying, good job on the puzzle today. <laughs> I don't like her. I don't like her. She's good TV, but I don't like her. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. I this mean, is I the first you. true villain we've had in a while, isn't it? Maybe. Yeah. Romeo tells Swati and Roxroy that he wants to do Tori and Mr. Dad wants to get rid of Zach. He's like, nope. Strength. Nope. Exactly. Romeo trusts the skinny guy alliance, but with Rox wanting strength, he knows he might not be able to save the skinny mini. It's time. Go ahead. Were you going to say something? I mean, I was just going to say, I mean, yeah, I, I get it. Maybe Rock is the one who's like not fitting in, um, in, in certain ways, but also it, I'm not a massive ascriber to the challenge strength thing but literally if there are more push heavy thing type stuff and challenges which happens a lot more in the tribal portion than it does in the individual portion you have no size in your other men like literally you have you have less than 250 pounds between the two of them um (laughs) so i hate to say that you need to keep rocks but like you need to keep rocks First chance for Jeff to get those torches lit. Um, what did you think of the travel set? I didn't take that much note of it, honestly. Yeah, meh. Nothing special. After they all sit, Jeff goes straight to Zach and he's like, I know you want to say it. I know you want to say it. <sighs> and Jeff lets him say, this game fire ever since your life. Once your fire is gone, so are you. Because Jeff is like, I know you're gone, kid. Let me give you your five seconds of happiness. <laughs> Roxroy says it's tough being out there and not getting rice. He's been like, what? Watching Survivor and Survival shows, he tells America, this show is real. The first thing Zach is thinking of is watching the show. You get a minute 30 montage of the shelter being built, and he was waiting for that montage to start. But instead, he was able to get to work on the shelter, and they all pulled their weight. 
Mm-hmm. I, I too would be sitting there and be like, where's the music? Where's the, why, why is this going so slow? I thought mm-hmm. you're helping us here. No, they're not. <laughs> Drea believes this will be a hard season and keeping this tribe strong is what they need. Did the shot in the dark come up in conversation? Romeo says they think of it individually. <laughs> if you feel desperate, use it. Which was code to Zach. Use it, kid. Yeah. Is Swati nervous? Yes. She would chop off a finger to not be a tribal. So, of course, Jeff is like, how many limbs can we sever? She goes with two. Would you sever a limb for tribal not going? Um, I, ugh, no. <laughs> I don't also, think so. I'm not going to lie. Jeff doing like the hands with the missing fingers is like, that may be a touch inappropriate and offensive, but you do you. Zach is nervous as his name has been out there. He would not be surprised if it would be him or Tori. And Tori just wants to throw up saying she's on the chopping block. She believes she's a strong player and she thinks her alliance will keep her around as she is trustworthy. And I'm like, wait, isn't Zach technically part of your alliance with the young kids? What are you talking about? I mean, we've already established she is delusional about everything. She doesn't get it. Zach says he got caught up on the trustworthy and loyal part that she said as they have had their differences. So when it comes down to it, he likes Story, but he doesn't want to work with her. And then her body language changed. She was so mad. She was like, fuck you. Uh-huh. Tori is now going to be condescending that she shares that this is mentally fatigued and that she doesn't remember that happening. She's being sarcastic. <sighs> um, she's only being mentioned because she foraged food for 10 minutes, which was a mistake. Yeah, she foraged for food. Uh, when you haven't solidified trust or alliance, any little thing can be used to pit someone against you. At least she's aware of that part. Yeah. But it's time to vote. And we're going to watch Zach use the first shot in the dark um, of season 42. Right move, wrong move, what would you do? I mean, I think it's the right move. I think he probably had more wind than we saw that votes were going his way. We, I mean, it was a unanimous vote. So it's like, Yes, was Tori the alternate target? Sure, but it seemed like it went towards him. So I think yeah. if you have any opportunity to save yourself in that situation, not using it is the stupidest move. So I think meanwhile, he did the right thing. Meanwhile, Jeff gets the earpiece in his earpiece like he used it. He's jumping for joy, being like, finally, it took one episode. And unlike last season where Sydney fucked it up. <laughs> Jay arrives to see that she did earn the extra vote and she's very excited for that. Jeff returns and it's time for Zach to take a shot in the dark. And as a super fan, he says that whatever the odds are, you're safe. You can add 60% to those odds. He'd be silly if he didn't take it. Zach's parchment said he is in fact not safe. All yep. votes for him will count. By a vote of five to zero with only three votes being read. <laughs> Good for you, Drea. Zach is the second person voted out of Survivor 42. I think we kind of alluded to it already. Did Blue make the right move? Yeah. I don't think he was bringing some massive amount of benefit to them in any way. I, I the, the more the screen time he got through this episode, I was like, oh, he is, he's not lasting here. Yeah. This is the super fan who's getting a super fan moment that the show wants to honor him with, and he's gone. Yeah. Um, one episode, two out. What would you say Jackson and Zach's legacies are? I mean, I think Jackson's legacy is his story, obviously. Um is is being a, a form of positive rep- representation and hopefully that will be the more enduring part of 
his story than the the abrupt removal from the game yeah. kind of thing. Um, Zach's, you know, I don't know. I don't know that Zach's just going to be one of those second boots that we don't necessarily think a ton about. He did say in his little exit confessional that he was the first person to literally be unanimously voted out since he didn't vote. Um, I don't 100% know if that's survivor history accurate. I would have to go double check, but you know, maybe he has that. Maybe that's his legacy. I, <laughs> I'm not going to think about Zach much after this. There have been very few first boots that have ever been in the mention of returning. Obviously, Reem Daly is still number one on that list. Please. Is Jackson number two? I think Jackson could realistically return. I, I think too. there's a world where he would be asked to return um possibly so that story it really got to me i think we need to hear more of it and yeah. i think the represent representation matters yeah so we'll see what to. happens the game very similar to season 41 will we strike potential gold or are we just getting a carbon copy oh i i think we're already seeing a sort of different different vibe and direction than than 41 um i uh, to some degree, uh, like the fact that that 41 sort of threw everything for a loop. So now I don't necessarily know how to read the edit. Um, sure. I like that I'm like less confident than ever after episode one of who has a chance to win. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like you go from things like, well, Mike had this great opening confessional and this great story and everything was positive. And we saw him integrate. We saw him get the way what he wanted in a in a decision. But then you think back and like, Erica had one confessional last premiere. So, you know, Lindsay needs to be in my winter pool. <laughs> Backstories are heavy this season. Does this mean I have no chance of ever making it onto the show? That's what I show? was thinking about. I was like, I don't think I have enough trauma in my life. <laughs> I'm telling you, I joke about it. Jeff wants a fucking Emmy award. Yeah. He wants an I Emmy award. I don't have enough specific trauma. Uh, that I would be able to package into a neat little survivor montage. Listen, I love you, buddy. If you need me to sever a limb for you, I will do it for you to get on Survivor. Perfect. <laughs> pinky toe, pinky toe. We'll, we'll keep it simple. Great. You know, I almost lost a pinky toe as a, uh, in when I was a teenager. How? Um, because I used to play ice hockey, and in oh, the no. lock in the locker room, uh, when I was changing, my foot didn't have a sock on or anything, and someone went like that with their skate on and if they went the other way my toe would have been chopped off no nope. yep damn it maybe that would have gotten me on survivor oh boy oh, big brother who's in danger girl um roxroy yeah is not looking great uh, although tori's not looking i don't know a lot of blue tribe is in because also we saw drea getting targeted in the next so like i don't know who's in danger that whole tribe's in danger I, I agree. I think blue, we, we can see them dwindling very fast before uh, the other two maybe even go to a fucking tribal. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Orange is really hard to read right now because we obviously this is the Marianne show over there. Yeah. Um, we didn't get a lot of dynamics from that tribe. I know clearly I'm biased because I want to see more of Mariah. Um, Lindsay is, I, we'll talk about her momentarily. Uh, Jonathan is fun and Omar's there. Yeah. And then over on green, who's Chanel? I forgot. 
Uh, you know, I mean, Chanel is still in my winner's rankings as Why? an Erica type. As an Erica okay. type. Okay, okay. Um, well, I mean, Daniel, I think, is going to be gone pre-merge or right at the merge. Jenny, I think, will be right after the merge. Hi, I, I don't know. There's something about Hi I'm intrigued by, but that may be because he's kind of the, 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 the quote-unquote trade of the season. Oh, I love him. Um, um, he's but so cute. I would absolutely be friends with Hi. And, yeah. But I have... <laughs> I cannot tell you why, but literally like cast reveal. I saw high and I went, he's going to get eighth place. Oh, okay. Very specifically. And I, that hasn't changed for me after the premiere. Okay. Here's, here's the thing. If high gets eighth place, I will Venmo Andrew Orsi $5. Sick. (laughs) Um, And then we have Mike and Lydia. Mike, I really think we're going to see a long show for him. And Lydia, I think is a great narrator. So I have a feeling we're going to get a lot of her until she's dead weight. Yeah. I don't know that we're going to see gameplay from Lydia, but I think she will be a fun narrator. Yeah. I think you're right. I think Daniel is either pre-merge. I would say later pre-merge, but pre-merge or the winner. I think he's one or the other. Um, I disagree with you on Jenny. I think Jenny is deep. All um, right. Yeah, so a green could go all over the place. Chanel, I, I have no concept of where she falls, I mean, but she is in my winner's rankings. So Jenny just is giving me Michelle Yee vibes, where I loved her so much, and I'm like, and then the twist got to you, and then you're gone, and then, and then no one cares about you. Yeah, but anymore. Jenny's already gotten to explain herself more than Michelle Yee ever got to. I loved her so much. I that know, I did too. sucked. Um, Jenny, is, Jenny is my Jenny is my number two in my winners rankings okay. as of right now. So, well, after one episode, the winner of the season is Mike. Okay, um, and then you have your number two as I have Mike, Jenny. Then third is Drea. Fourth is Omar. Fifth is Swati. I'm all over the okay. place. Okay, I, I I I I'm going all in on Team Orange. I got Marianne and Lindsay. Yeah, I, I mean, like I can Lindsay a lot. I have the I like Lindsay too. I have all of I have all of green still alive. And I have all of orange except who do I not have? Who's on orange? Oh god, where's my cheat sheet? Where's I can't your cheat figure sheet? It out. What's up? Oh, I, I took out Mariah. Um because turn. Mariah had a very quiet start and her confessional was there's something for me to find here, which to me is journey edit to a T. But but here's what I'm gonna say. I'm ready to be proven wrong. Didn't Erica have to find something too? No, Erica was a lamb and then turning into a lion, which is why Omar stuck out so much because he's the pigeon who's going to be an owl. <laughs> no, Erica went on that island. She uh, she had to find herself there. She found. Yeah, but that herself was later. There. That was much later. That wasn't her premiere story. Her premiere story was the lamb to lion. I don't know. I'm it's thinking like, about premiere storylines. <laughs> but you just said everything's out the window. Forty two because well, we went through it out. I don't know. <laughs> you might get the premiere edit right now. I don't know. If Chanel wins, I, I'm not podcasting about Survivor ever again. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was a good episode. I really enjoyed it. I really it. liked it. I really liked it. I thought it was very well balanced. I thought We're, it gave a lot of time to camp life. Uh, it, bruised, it breezed through the advantages without spending too much time on them because most of them didn't impact this episode. I thought that was great. I say something? Yeah. I think all episodes need to be two hours. Oh, 100%. For the most part. CBS! I mean, here's the thing. Australian Survivor's been doing like the hour and a half episodes for a long time, and it's 
gotten us Australia, some very lovely they're, they're allowed to do that. They're, they're a market. They can do that. They, no, I know. Do that here. But it's been very know. lovely to have that. Let's do it. I think we should do it. Let's come on. Andrew, it was a pleasure. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Um, I am on social media very, very occasionally at Andrew Orsi. Um, I don't know if you message me on Instagram, maybe I'll reply to it two weeks later. That's yeah. the best you can or for if you, this if point. you tag Andrew in it, he won't even respond to it, but I okay. truly will not. Um, uh, that's my Venmo too at Andrew Orsi. Uh, and you can follow my acapella group black to gold at, at black to gold music on Instagram. Um, we are also on Spotify and whatever other streaming platforms you may want to listen to our things on. We're going to have a new album coming out sometime in the summer and I'm hey! very excited about it. And a concert tour around America? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's in the can, works. Can it? Can, can I make a concert tour of Black to Gold at all the theme parks? Can we make it a theme park tour? If you're going to be the manager. I'm going to make it happen. Great. <laughs> well, as long as you will go on the roller coasters with me, I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> Andrew, it is such a pleasure having you back. Me, it's always a pleasure to be on here. A giant thanks to Andrew for coming on. Subscribe on Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash block talk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.